and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, you would remember at the start of this year, we call this year the year of restoration. We believe in that God is going to restore and restore things to our lives and restore things that perhaps the enemy has stolen. And a reminder of one of the great verses that we quoted back then, which was Joel chapter 2, verse 25, where the Scripture says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Now you think about this verse just for a moment. There's many things you can restore. You can restore a house. You can restore a car. You can restore a piece of furniture. There's only one thing that God Almighty can restore, and that is He can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. So anything that is time-related, our God is so amazing. You may feel like you've lost. You may feel like things have been a bit difficult. He can restore to you the years. Come on, the years. For some of you, it's health. He can restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Can you say amen? amen? So today I'm going to preach again on restoration. And so if you have your Bibles, can you please turn with me to the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 1. And we're going to get into it. Let's welcome Darren Bunnell who's here visiting this morning as well. Great to see you, Pastor Darren. Welcome to Horizon Church. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. You ready to get into the Word today? Awesome stuff. It says, But so it so happened, excuse me, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? This morning, I want to preach just for a moment a message called, May I Rise Again. Nehemiah has been sent And he's been commissioned to rebuild and to restore the walls of Jerusalem. In his journey, of course, you know that he encountered a number of people, one of them being Sanballat, who did everything in their power to stop this restoration or the restoration of the walls of Jerusalem. And the way that Sanballat did that predominantly is through the spirit of ridicule. I don't know if you've ever been ridiculed before. Some of you may remember being perhaps ridiculed at school and you've got bad memories of lovely people who are so good at ridiculing. I heard someone say recently that ridicule is the language of the devil. And it's interesting to note that Sanballat, come on now, Sanballat, his mechanism to stop restoration 
was through the spirit of ridicule. Shakespeare called ridicule paper bullets of the brain. You'll also discover that ridicule loves an audience and it's fortified by the malicious belittling of another. Ridicule loves a large audience because the larger the audience, the greater the damage. Ridicule, I've also discovered, needs a friend. Rarely do people ridicule someone in private. We see that on social media. These days people can say all kinds of wonderful things to ridicule another, to stop and to hurt that person. Now watch this, watch how ridicule needs a friend. In Nehemiah chapter four, verse two, it says, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, ridicule loves an audience and ridicule loves a friend. You'll also notice in Nehemiah chapter four, verse three, it says, Tobiah the Amorite, watch this, who was at his side. Ridicule loves to gang up. Ridicule loves to gather a group of people to damage and to hurt another. And Sanballat, the way he does this, is he uses a series of rhetorical questions designed to weaken his opposition. And Satan loves to ridicule the people of God. And he'll use any and every mechanism to ridicule you, to destroy and to hurt your restoration. And he does that a number of ways. Firstly, watch how he speaks to the Jews. You'll notice in the passage that we've read this morning, he says, what are those feeble Jews doing? In other words, he speaks against the people of God by calling them feeble, calling them weak. He also says, will they restore their wall? In other words, do they really have the wisdom to actually fulfil this project? Will they offer sacrifices? In other words, they ridicule their pretend trust in God, or at least he thought that. In other words, he's saying, is your prayer and sacrifice even gonna make a difference? How can prayer actually make a wall grow? That's impossible. And lastly, he says, will they finish in a day? In other words, the task that you've taken on is just way too big. And he ridicules, he ridicules, and he ridicules. I don't know if you've ever sat with someone who's, Life has been devastated through ridicule. I've had, sadly, uh, a time in my life where a pastor friend of mine came under ridicule. Uh, he was challenged and it was not the people that should have or that you would think uh, would ridicule him, but it came from somebody he actually trusted and Little by little, you know, sometimes it's not the big thing. Sometimes it's death by a thousand cuts. And little by little, this spirit of ridicule attacked him and chipped away at his life. And I watched a strong man of God simply because of ridicule. 
weaken him and weaken his position, weaken what he believed about himself and his calling and his destiny. And I remember uh, he came to visit me once here in Sydney and, and I sat with him in Cronulla and I watched a man of God that was once a strong man of God, someone who was full of the Holy Spirit, someone who believed in purpose and destiny and would preach faith. Now, a charred and a burnt believer simply because of ridicule. And he felt as though his life was on the rubbish heap. Ridicule is powerful. And we need to be careful as believers that we don't allow the spirit of ridicule to come out of our own hearts and our own mouths. Ridiculing our spouses, ridiculing our children. Alison said something to me once that I've never forgotten. She says, Brad, always remember, you are your child's inner voice. And we need to be careful of the spirit of ridicule because it damages the restorative process that God is trying to bring about in our lives. But there's one question that I want to deal with this morning. You're doing okay. (laughs) Out of Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 2, this man Sanballat ridicules Nehemiah. And he said something to him, a question that caught my attention. And this is what we're going to be preaching on today. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 2, Sanballat says, Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. Now, Sanballat, he evaluates the material that Nehemiah is using. He's restoring a wall, the walls of Jerusalem. And in his analysis, he watches uh, Nehemiah and his workers grabbing uh, burnt stones, charred stones from a rubbish heap. And Sanballat realises that this was his opportunity to criticise Nehemiah by saying to him, There's no way you're going to be able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, just for a little bit of Bible background, the reason why he was criticising the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem is that if Jerusalem became strong again, he would lose political influence. So this was his way of damaging and hurting this process. Now, the fact is, is that Nehemiah does need material. And he needs material that is, of course, reliable and of good quality in order to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the problem that Nehemiah faces is that the walls had been damaged and in a rubbish heap, you could say, for close to a century, rendering them useless for building. And so Sanballat sees this opportunity to step in and to ridicule this restorative process by saying, who on earth would use charred and burnt stones that have been neglected for a century in the restoration process? In other words, he's saying, if you choose to use 
charred and burnt stones. And you'll see later on, I think it's uh, Nehemiah chapter four, verse three. The person that was with uh, Sanballat, Tobias says, even if a fox was to run on the wall, the wall would come crumbling down. Nobody in their right mind, come on now, nobody in their right mind would use a charred, burnt, broken stone to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, the picture of the wall that God has called, come on, stay with me now this morning, the picture uh, and the spiritual picture of the wall that God is calling Nehemiah to restore is in fact, we could say it's a wall of destiny. It's a wall where the people of God find, they find their place, they find where they belong, they find their contribution. And this wall of destiny has been damaged, but God raises up a man by the name of Nehemiah and he's called by God to restore this wall. And the people of God, you could say, have been scattered. But God is using a man by the name of Nehemiah, piece by piece by piece, to rebuild the wall of destiny. And watch this, the burnt stones, the charred stones, the weakened stones, they are, in fact, a picture of a believer that has a broken spirit that's been offended, wounded, hurt, or even disappointed. And I've been a pastor long enough to know that right here in our auditorium, that there would be people that are sitting here who they themselves have a broken spirit perhaps offended by someone or something, wounded, hurt, even disappointed. Now watch what happens. Watch what God does with charred, broken and weakened stones. Because if that's you this morning, this sermon is for you. If you believe that you've been weakened to the point where you are on a rubbish heap and you have no value, Watch what God does with charred stones. The first thing that happens is I want you to notice the spirit of ridicule, how it loves to exaggerate the facts. Ever met someone who loves to ridicule? They love exaggerating the facts. Everybody's saying. I've discovered in church life, when you hear that, everybody's saying, It's usually about two people. (laughs) Amen. Come on, amen. Now, in Nehemiah chapter four, verse two, this man Sambalat says, will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. So he paints this picture to Nehemiah. The stones that you're using, they're charred. They're all burnt. Uh, No builder's going to use something like that. They want something that's strong. But when you actually look at the account of when uh, Nehemiah's brother came to him to tell him the condition of the walls in Jerusalem, watch this in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3. It says, They said to me, 
Those who survived the exile, so this is the first time Nehemiah's hearing about the walls of Jerusalem, uh, exile and are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Watch this. What's been burned with fire? Come on now. The gates, come on. The gates were burned with fire, not the wall. But the spirit of ridicule loves, come on, loves to exaggerate the facts. The walls were broken down, not burnt down. Yet it would be true to say that some of the stones around the gates holding up the gates would have been affected by the burning of the gates. But that presented a very minimal, if any, problem in rebuilding the walls. And the spirit of ridicule loves to inflate. It loves to overstate. It loves to overplay. That is, it distorts reality. Because in the distortion of reality, remember back in the day uh, when theme parks, you know, weren't just crazy roller coasters, you used to have these things called magic mirrors. Remember magic mirrors? It's like, man, I look so fit. Whoa, I'm super overweight. (laughs) Because it's distorting something that is reality. And the enemy is masterful at making 5% of the problem seem like 100% of the problem. He's brilliant at taking something that is small and making it bigger than what it actually is. It's an exaggeration of facts. And today, I want to speak the truth of God into your situation and I want to pray that if you've come under a spirit of ridicule, that the light of the Holy Spirit would shine on your situation and what you're going through today to be able to not have a distorted reality, but to see it for what it is. The devil is a liar. But how about this question? What about if you are one of those stones that are around the gates and the fire did get you a little bit? You're charred. You're feeling a bit burnt today. You feel as though, Lord, I, I may be one of those stones on the rubbish heap. Don't worry, I don't have COVID. I'm just very emotional this morning. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't have COVID, so don't stress out. The Lord is good. Amen. <laughs> stones that are burned. Let me put it this way. I was driving along the motorway the other day, and I see this guy with, with a flat tyre on the side of the road and I felt in my heart to stop and, and to help him. He's got a single f- flat tyre. I'm assuming he's hit one of the potholes because of the Sydney rain in recent days. Who's avoiding potholes at the moment, by the way? Oh, those things, man, terrible. And I get out of my car to help him and guess what he does? He pulls out a knife and he slashes the other three tyres. Now, I'm telling you a fictitious story. (laughs) Because of this, watch this. Giving up on your dreams because of one setback is like slashing your other three tires because of the one flat. Some of you have given up 
and you slashed all the tyres because of one setback. And you have decided that there's no room for you in destiny and in the purposes of God because you're a bit burnt because of one situation. Come on, you are stronger. You are anointed. You're a person of faith. You're an overcomer. Come on, you're born for such a time as this. And their voice is not as loud as you think. And the enemy wants to do his very best to say, slash all the tyres. But it's one flat. If you saw that, you'd be like, okay, that brother needs help. Wouldn't you? But you've done it. You've slashed all your tyres. You've given up on hope simply because of one tyre that needs a bit of attention. Come on, you're good. You're a great person. You're loved by God. And yes, you may need to deal with something. And yes, it may need a bit of love and TLC and a bit of the tenderness of Jesus. Come on, remembering He's tender and He's careful and He's kind. But you've slashed all the other tyres. And the Spirit of God is saying to you today, you're a bit burnt, you're a bit charred, and you're feeling the pain of it. But can I remind you of Romans chapter 8, verse 28? And we know that all things work together for good to those who, come on, love God. Do you love God today? Come on, do you love God today? To those who are called according to His purpose. What's coming towards you is far greater than what you've experienced. Today, come on, I want to encourage you, breathe in the goodness of God. It's time to breathe in the goodness of God. You've let the one flat tyre destroy your destiny and you've allowed it to get into your spirit. And God's saying you need to get it out of your spirit. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. And this is your season of restoration. Amen, come on. Now we know that the stones had oh, lying dormant for close to 100 years. They're, they're weakened. Some of them have been burnt by fire. And Nehemiah comes on the scene knowing that these stones, watch this, they have a place in the world, excuse me, called destiny. Now, one of the ways that Satan works is he loves to trick us with the romance of new. What do I mean by that? You need a new iPhone. Some of you are like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you need the new car smell. You've had the car for five years now, but you now need the new car smell again. You need a new top, amen. People are like, yeah, that would be good, Ashley. <laughs> How about some new shoes? Yeah. <laughs> a new watch. But watch this. God tells Nehemiah, collect the charred ones, the damaged stones. Some of you have been forgotten. It's been a hundred years 
you're sitting, you're on the rubbish heap, and you feel like you've lost vision. But God, does he build with new? Of course he does. Come on, you know, you know all the news. Come on, we have Christian language, right? Everything's new. New wine, amen. New day, new season. <laughs> it's all new. Everything's new. New shoes. No, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> He's doing a new thing. And watch this. We use the word new to contrast and compare the recent with the former. And the idea is that the new is better, i.e. the old is inferior. Get rid of those shoes. New's better. But I've discovered something about God. He loves taking the charred, the broken, the burnt, come on, watch this, the tried, the tested, the proven, the one that's been weakened because it lay dormant for a hundred years. And he says, I'm placing you in the wall called destiny. You feel burnt today? I have too. You feel charred, I have too. You feel weakened, hey, join the queue. (laughs) How do you think I lost my hair? (laughs) I have too. And I've been there and I know what it's like to feel crushed. I know what it feels like to feel let down. But the God that we serve He loves to take the charred. He loves to take the weakened. He loves to take the broken. And he says, there's a place for you in the wall called destiny. Here's a promise from God for you today. Are you ready? Come on. Who's getting something out of this today? It's all about restoration. Nehemiah chapter four, verse two. Watch this from the living Bible. Look at how it puts this verse. It says, and look at those charred stones. The Sam Ballot, he's criticised. They're no good. They are pulling out of the rubbish heap. Watch this. And using again. God wants to use you again. The spirit of the world says, the spirit of ridicule says, you're charred. You're finished. You're done. How about this one? You're too old. It's too late now. No, it's not. Who said that? You're way too old. And one of the things I've discovered, the longer I've been a pastor, is that the more people get older, they question their value to the body of Christ. Nobody's questioning your value. It's actually Satan that's putting that thought in your head. Some of you have been saved for more than 40 years that are sitting here today. In fact, why don't we do this? If you've been a believer, a follower of Jesus for more than 40 years, can you just stand up just so we can see who you are? I'm one of them, by the way, and I know I look 21. Look at these awesome people. 40 plus years. Some of you are like calculating. Come on, so good. So good. 
And watch this. You're here. And you've got a clean heart and a good spirit. And you're still loving people. But I can tell you something about your journey. It's what I know about you. Your child, a <laughs> little bit burnt. A couple of pieces of stone have been knocked out. You walk with a limp. But it's all made you fall at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I guard my heart with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. Clean heart, pure hands. God's going to use you again. Some of you that feel like you've been thrown out on the rubbish, you're too old, made too many mistakes, you've slashed all the ties and God's saying, I'm going to use you again. I'm going to use you again. Isaiah 28 verse 16 says, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. Come on, He loves using things that have been tested. It is a precious cornerstone, speaking about Jesus. That is, watch this, safe to build on. Thank you. Because it is, it's awesome. Watch this. Joel, can we play that song? I've never known a love like this before. Da 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 da. That's the song for this morning. See, there you go, flowing out. In 1666, a fire swept through London, known as the Great Fire of London. The fire started in the home of a baker by the name of Thomas Fariner, who denied it, by the way, located on London's Pudding Lane. It's thought that the fire started when a spark fell out of his oven when the family had gone to bed. At this time, Buildings were made from wood and straw and they were built very close to each other, making it easier for, easy for the fire to spread. Within just a few hours, London Bridge was burning. For the next four days, the fire continued to spread through the city, propelled by strong winds. The fire wiped out 80% of the city, including 67 churches and the main cathedral of the old city of London, St. Paul's. King Charles II appointed a chief architect by the name of Christopher Wren to lead the rebuilding project of the cathedral. As he went through the rubble, as he went through the charred stones, one of the workers found a stone. This stone was burnt, covered in soot. And he took the stone that was given to the chief architect. He looked at the stone and in the design, the redesign of the cathedral, he placed it at the main entrance. The word on this stone reads, resurgent. Everyone say the word, resurgent. 
And for hundreds of years, when people come into the cathedral, they walk through the front doors and above them is the original stone with the Latin word, resurgum. The word resurgum means, may I rise again. You're burnt, you're charred, but you, in the Name of Jesus, will rise again. And I prophesy this over you. Watch this. You belong in the wall called destiny. It's your place. And without you, you need to know this, there will always be a missing piece. God today, the master constructor, is grabbing you and saying, I know you feel neglected. I know you feel a little bit burnt. I know you feel a bit charred. You belong, resurgum. May I rise again. If I could have the musos and singers. Today I wanna pray for people who feel this way. You feel a bit burnt? I wanna pray for you personally. You feel as though you've just really doing it tough at the moment and you're a burnt stone. You belong in the wall called destiny. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes and just reflect upon the Lord Jesus and His goodness today. We're gonna breathe in the goodness of God. He loves you, He loves you, He loves you, He loves you so much. He's for you, He's not against you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.